Last Sunday, I shared with you a message that I, I really cannot leave the message there. I shared with you a message where in Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse number 31, the Bible says, by faith, the harlot Rahab. I can't leave it there. So last Sunday, we talked about the harlot Rahab. And I shared with you, doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter how far you have gone. There is hope for each and every one of us. Last Sunday, I shared with you that Rahab was a noted sinner. But by God's grace, through her faith, she was saved. Not God's faith, her faith. God's grace, her faith, she was saved. I shared with you last Sunday that Rahab began her faith right. It's one thing to have faith. It is something else to begin your faith right. So she began her faith right. In closing last Sunday, I shared with you that Rahab was not a secret disciple. Rahab was not a secret disciple. Because I'm going to make reference to the scripture over and repeated times, and it was read already, let's get straight into the message. Why would you say, Pastor, that Rahab was not a secret disciple? And I, I want you to listen to me. And every time I get up to preach, I get up to preach so that you would hear and that you would understand. That's why I try to be as simple as I can. That's why I try to use as many illustrations as I can. That's why I go back and use as much scripture as I can so that you could understand the truth of the word. And not only just to understand the word, but for you to apply the truth of your word to your own heart. So if you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it really doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how far you have. It doesn't really matter. You are in the right place today. I could even say to you that one of the spies are here. If you just listen to the word of the spy, guess what? You will find help. Rahab was not a secret disciple. Notice, she confessed her faith to the spy. Are you with me, church? She confessed her faith to the spies. I said last Sunday in closing that there is a big difference to a real heartfelt faith as opposed to a head intellectual faith. May I say it again? There's a big difference to a real heartfelt faith as opposed to a head intellectual faith. Look at the real faith in Joshua chapter 2 and in verse number 10. In verse number 10 she said, For we have heard, watch this carefully, and you know that faith cometh by? Hearing. Faith cometh by? Hearing. For we have heard, heard what? How the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. Even though that Rahab was a harlot, guess what she was paying attention to? She was paying attention to all that she heard, the things that she heard about God. Who told her? I don't know. But one thing I do know, that she heard those things, and not only that she heard those things, she remembered those things. She said, when you came out of Egypt, 
and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Shion and Og, whom you utterly destroy. We heard that. We heard that. We have heard that. And then the Bible says, and as soon, in verse number 11, as soon as we heard these things, our heart did what? Did melt. It was not just a, something that they heard with their ears. They allowed the message to get to their hearts. And she said, when we heard what you did, watch, we believed it so much, we trusted in you so much, that our hearts did melt. Watch this carefully. The Bible says, neither did there remain any more courage in any man. So if they had anything against God and against the people of God, the courage for that was already taken away. Neither there remain any more courage in any man. Why? Because of you. The courage was gone because of you. For the Lord your God, watch this testimony, she confessed her, 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 her belief to the spies. She says, for the Lord your God, watch this, he is God in heaven above. Is she testifying? Yes, she is. He is God in heaven above and in the earth belief. She testified to the spies. She said, we have heard. And I said it over and over again. And I shared with you how one needs to hear. And I shared with you from Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 13 and onward. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there's a problem. They cannot call on the name of the Lord unless they hear. And they will not hear without a preacher. And the preacher cannot preach except he be sent. Yeah, and when, when I explain sent, I want you to know that when we send out a preacher, the place where he is going, the supermarket, is the same. When he rolls his goods up to the supermarket, he has to pay. And that's exactly what the Bible is speaking about. The Bible is speaking about when a preacher is sent, that the church must stand behind the man of God and make sure that the man of God stays there. I must say, ever since I came here to this place, not because my pastor is here, that's what uh, my home church did and are doing. Thanks so much. Now notice, prior to saying we have heard, in verse number 9, she says something else. Notice what she said in verse number 9. And she said unto the men, what am I trying to prove? Rab was not a secret believer. She was not a secret believer. And she said unto the men, who are these men? The spies. What did she say? I know. You see, it's one thing to say what you have heard. It is something else to experience it yourself. She said, I know. Know what? That the Lord had given you the land. Which land? This very land that she's standing on. She says, and that your terror is falling upon us. God has given it to you. You don't have it yet. You come to spy it out. But I know that God has given it to you and your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. In other words, they heard that they were coming and now that they heard that they were coming, they're already frightened. Why? Because they know what God did. They knew exactly what God did. She acknowledged the judgment of God would come upon them that would not believe. She knew that they were condemned already. And that's what the scripture says. Now many in Jericho heard about the Lord. Many in Jericho heard about the power of God. Many in Jericho also believed what they heard. 
about him. But Rahab, watch this, Rahab went all the way to saving faith and, and a belief that caused her not only to believe what she heard about him, but she believed in him and trusted in him. May I tell you this morning, salvation is not a head matter. Salvation is a heart matter. Are you with me this morning? I believe that every one of us in this building this morning believes that there is a God. I believe that. I believe that every one of us maybe believe in God. But I'm not foolish to believe that every one of us know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. For the devils believe it even more than us to the extent that they tremble. You don't tremble, but they are not saved. They are not saved, but your belief must go farther than your head knowledge. It must go all the way to your heart. For Romans chapter number 10, verse 9 and verse number 10 says, For if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, the thou here means you. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, not only confess with your mouth, do what else? And believe in thine heart. Believe what? That God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Isn't that easy? That's so easy, he made it easy so that everybody would be able to understand. Verse number 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. May I say to you, it is not enough to believe with the head. It must come from the heart. You may see or hear something and believe it, but until it reaches the heart, nothing of value will be done with what you believe. It's one thing to believe with your head, but you must believe it to the extent where you will do something about it. I've said over and repeated times, you can smell food cooking and oh, it smells so nice. You believe that if you eat some of it, it will crave your hunger. But you could watch that and enjoy the smell and do not partake of it day after day after day after day. And you're going to die. You're going to die of starvation. Why? Because food was ready. Food smelled good. Food tastes good to those who, who taste it, and you refuse to taste it. Salvation is of the same way. After believing with our heart, we must confess with our mouth and testify by our lives. Are you with me, church? When you believe in your heart, you will confess with your mouth. You cannot be saved and be on a job and nobody know that you are saved. What kind of save you got? You, 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 you. How, how could it be that you are saved and you on the job? And I go there and I say, I'm looking for brother so-and-so. Brother who? I'm looking for sister so-and-so. Sister? Um, so-and-so from Anguilla? Is she a mother child or your father child? Because they are so confused that, that this individual is a sister. Uh, this individual is a brother. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. When you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What? Something in you ought to be bubbling so that you will go and tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I told you before, I remember when I first got saved, I would want to get up on a Sunday evening and give my testimony. And I would say, me next. And I would say, me next. And I would say, and then the song leader would say, that's it for the night. And I would say, oh. Oh my God, look how, how that happened. But next Sunday night, I determined that nobody can get up before me. So even if he announced a number, I would thought that he meant the testimony time I would get up. <laughs> Why? Because you want people to know. And listen, and by the way, when I got up, I didn't even know what I was going to say. 
I want to be honest with you. Sometimes we try to formulate in our mind the things that we would say. And when you get up and you sat back down, you tell yourself, all oh, that what I thought about, Lord, I did not even say it. Did not even say it. Watch. B, take the words of what was told to the Apostle Paul. Get up. And when you are on the spot, he would give you the things to say. Amen? He would give you the words to say it. After believing with our heart, we must confess with our mouth and testify by our lives. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and verse number 33, the Bible says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men. Hello? 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 Are you with me this morning? He said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, I will do what? I will confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And I like him to call my name to the Father. He's saying, if you confess me before men, watch, I'll bring you before the throne. I'll speak to the Father on your behalf. He said, but whosoever they shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. For some people, when they give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't want their friends to know that they're a Christian. So when the friend gets to hear, so I heard you gave your life to Christ last night. Who, me? Not me. That's what they want me to do, so I did. Come on, come on now, come on. Come on, you miss it. You miss it, you miss it, you don't have it. And if that's the way you thought that you get saved, hey, you better get a good dose of salvation because you don't have it. He says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my heavenly father. Rahab was not a secret believer. Many have laughed at her. Mm. Many no doubt laughed at her because of her past lifestyle. But she testified to the spies about her belief in God. And I was thinking, why would God choose Rahab's house for his spies to go in? As I said last Sunday, let me be honest with you. Knowing what goes on in Rahab's house, I got to be sure that it is God that is sending me in Rahab's house. And I believe the spies had to be sure too. Got to be sure. And, and by the way, now that I've studied the scriptures, I've noticed I am not sure they would have gotten away if they had gone in any other house. Because Rahab's house was located in such a way that that's the only way of escape. And God had already dealt with Rahab and told her how she must hide this wife. Water. Ooh. Sometimes when some people step in, we may not want to identify with them. But God is a God that gets down in the mud where we are takes us up from where we are, cleanses us, and makes something wonderful out of our lives. May I give you a fourth point. Rahab proved her faith by her works. But you didn't hear me. Did you hear me this morning? What did I say? Rahab did what? But one of you of you hear me. I hear the rest of you. What did I say? Rahab Proved her faith by her works. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm saying that when you are saved, your works will prove that you are a child of God. For in James chapter 2 and verse number 25, works are the evidence of faith. In chapter 2 and verse number 25, he says, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot 
justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? He said, was she not justified by works? She did something. What she did, she hid the spies. She let them down. She secured the spies and she sent them out another way. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and you know that I love the book of Ephesians. I'm studying chapter, I finished chapter 2, gave it to Pastor White. He's putting it in book form, and I'm doing now chapter 3. And I wish, I wish that you could come a week here with me every day, all day, all night until we get up to it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. Here's what the scripture says. For we are his workmanship. Who are the we? Talk to me, church. Who are the we? We, the children of God. We are his workmanship. And notice where this is created. Created in Christ Jesus for what purpose? Unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in what? Walk in these good works. Do the good things that God expects us to do. Because the, the children of Jericho did not want the children of Israel even to pass through their land. And she is saying, I know that he has given you the land, and watch this, and that your terror is falling upon us, and watch this, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. So not only that I know that you are coming and we are in trouble, they know too. Right. Notice what she says. She says, the reason why I know for I have heard, not that I write past away, watch the scripture. We. She said, not I have heard. She said, for we have heard. Who we? The people of Jericho. Heard what? Heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when he, for you when he came out of Egypt and what he did unto the, the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of, J of Jordan, Cheyenne and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. She didn't say whom you destroyed. Whom you utterly destroy, you wipe them out. In other words, we have heard that. And she said, and as soon as we had heard these things, what things? The things that I just read about. He said, our heart did melt. No, 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 no. Why would their hearts melt? Their heart melted because you are next. Hello? God is going to deal with us next. She said, our heart did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, for the Lord your God, watch her testimony again, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord, a wonderful Savior. And in verse number 12, he says, now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. In other words, she did not just ask for her safety, but she asked for the safety. She was concerned about the salvation of her loved ones. Are you so concerned? The outstanding evidence of her faith was that of a scarlet cord. In verse number 18, the Bible says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line. Not a line. Some scripture says, the tread. 
our understanding of trade today. No man ain't gonna put himself in either basket nor swing to let him down on a trade. Hello? You know that was a rope, ain't true? Yeah. It's just different understanding of us. Behold, when ye come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet tread in the window which thou didst let us down by. Watch that. He says, and thou shalt bring your father. Here's what I want you to do by faith. You got to do something. Bring your father, your mother, your brethren, and all your father's household home unto thee. What you got to do? Bring them all home unto thee. Behold, when ye come into the land, thou shalt bind this line. What a thing that she was called upon to do. What was she called upon to do? To put the tread, the scarlet tread, the scarlet rope in the window. That card was a sign of her faith. She had a choice to do it or not to do it. Watch this. As I was studying this, I thought, Pastor White, that let's say they had heard that she let the men go. And they had walked around the city or outside of her house, and they would have seen the rope. She'd have been in trouble. Hello? She would have been in trouble. So while all of that risk that she had to take, notice what she did. Notice what she did. In Exodus uh, chapter number 12, verse number 12 and verse number 13. For I will pass through this land of Egypt, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. A lot of things they had heard. And again, in verse number 13, the Bible says, And the blood shall be for a talking upon the house where you are, and, I, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. God is giving the Egyptian something simple to do. He said, apply the blood to the doorposts and to the lentils, and when I come through tonight, guess what I will do? Uh, the children of Israel, sorry, not the Egyptians. He told the children of Israel to, to, to apply it to the doorposts. He said, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now, you would think that that is strange, but when God says, this is the way it needs to be done, guess what? This is the way that it needs to be done. The only place of safety for a guilty sinner is the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. But the only place of safety is the blood of Jesus Christ. For in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7, the Bible says, if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And watch this now. Watch this. And the blood, the what? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, while it is good to live morally upright, good morals cannot cleanse you. Cannot cleanse you. While it is good to be a part of a church, if you are not a part of the church of God, by allowing the blood to be applied to you, you cannot be cleansed. It is the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that cleanses us from all sin. Let me give you another point, number five. 
Rahab faith brought a change. Hello? Rahab's faith brought a change. It was a change from death to life for her and her family. Hello? A change from death to life for her and for her family. A change from those who did not believe. Not only that God changed her life, God changed her company. A change from those who did not believe. It was a change for her kindred and her household. For in chapter 6, verse 21 to verse number 25, here's what the Bible says. And they utterly, now they have reached. They have walked around Jericho for seven days. They have kept quiet for six days. They blew the trumpet every day as they would walk around one time. On the seventh day, they walked. And don't think they were just walking around this Baptist church. They were walking around the city. Some folks would say, I'm tired. Me able to go. God said, go. Just do it. Whether you're tired or you're tired not, just do it. If you want, if you want the victory, you've got to go all the way. And they walked around it seven days for the seventh time. And I watched, and I, as I went through this, I could see in my mind the leader, Joshua. And when they reached around the seventh time, Joshua so well believed in God. He said to the people, shout! And when he shouted, the walls of the city fell down. If you notice in the earlier chapter, you will notice that they had Jericho so penned up. The gates were closed. And the scripture said the gates were closed from the children of Israel. No one was going out, and for sure the children of Israel could not come in. The very same walls that are up against you, when you are supposed to walk for the Lord, all you must do is by faith trust God, and God himself will remove the wall. Notice, they did not have no dynamite. They did not have no jackhammers. They did not have no sledgehammers. All they had was obedience. And when Joshua said to the children of Israel, shout, they shouted, and the walls came down. And then they went in, and they took over. And what did they do? And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. Watch this. You can't lose. You can't lose with God on your side. He says, both man and woman, boy, when God is ready, to rain judgment. Nobody can stop him. Some people say, would a loving God do such? God is God. He does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, to whom he wants, and he has nobody to answer to. Nobody. Both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and ass. How? With the edge of the sword. I haven't heard of one of them that lost their life. The next verse said, but Joshua said unto the two spies, watch this. God is always true to his word. Joshua said, had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house. Now, now how Joshua knew that Rahab was a harlot? Go into the harlot's house, watch what he said, and bring out thence the woman and all that she had as ye swear unto her. Of course, you would understand that when they went back, they explained to Joshua how they, they swore unto this woman that they would save her and her household. Notice what the Bible said. And the young men that were spies went in. Those who Joshua used 
the very same two men. The young men that were spies went in, and watch this, and brought out Rahab. That's a request that she had. She said, when you come to destroy the land, here's what I want you to do. I want you to save my family from it. Brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Now watch this. Even though Rahab was a harlot, she had some form of influence on her family. Because she told her family what's going to happen. And you're going to have to leave your house and come to my house. Or who are you to tell me come to your house? And they believed her and they left their house. And guess what they did? And they went to Rahab's house and now they are saved. And now that they are out, that's what the scripture said. And they burned the city with fire and all that was there and only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of God. Look at verse number 25. Look at verse number 25. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. Not only Rahab the harlot, and her father's household, and all that she had. And watch this. He did not just save her and left her there. The Bible says, and she dwelt in Israel even unto the day when those words were penned. Why? Because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent out. Let me close by saying this. We have faith, reach out to her loved ones. In verse number 12 and verse number 13, Now therefore I pray you, sir, unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a, a true token, and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from thence. This is great to see. How not only she was concerned about her salvation, but she was entrusted to help others secure their salvation as well. Can I tell you something? As I thought of this, this reminded me of some people in the scripture. In Esther chapter 8 and verse 6, here's what the Bible says. For how can I endure to see the evil that should come upon my people? Or how shall I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? I want to ask you a question. Do you really believe that there is a hell? Hello? Do you really believe that there is a hell? Do you believe that real people going to hell? If you will really believe that, do you know that your daughter that don't know Jesus, your son who doesn't know Jesus, your, your, your wife, your husband, your friend, whoever, you know that that person, if they don't know Jesus, if they don't accept Jesus, but let me come home. You know that you? If you don't know Jesus Christ, that you're going to go to a devil's hell, that's why we are concerned about you. Esther said, this thing bothers me when I think of it. I think of people like Andrew. In John chapter 1, verse 40 to verse number 42, the Bible says, and one of the two which heard, which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew Simon's Peter brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon 
and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Who did? Andrew brought his brother Peter to Jesus. You don't hear much in the scripture about Andrew. But Andrew brought someone very important to Jesus that you would hear a lot in the scripture. Without an Andrew, there would be no Peter. The Bible says, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonas, thou shalt be called Cephas, which being interpreted a stone. When I think of, of, of Rahab, not only that I think of Esther, and I think of Andrew, but I think of people like Philip. In John chapter number 1, verse number 43, down to verse number 49, the Bible says, The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and find that Philip, and said, un, and said unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was at Bethsaida, the, the city of Andrew and, and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him, watch this, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Who is he? Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can there, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, You come and you see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guy. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that, Philip, before that, Philip called thee, when thou wast under the, the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. Watch this. If Philip did not find him, he would not have gotten the message. Philip had an interest in finding Nathaniel, so he came to him. You know the woman at Sychar? You know her? Let me introduce her to you this morning. In John chapter 4, verse number 28 to verse number 30, the Bible says, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that even I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. You see, you and I can learn some things from this. We ought to be concerned about our own salvation, but we ought to be concerned about the salvation of others also. And if time would have permitted, I would have shared with you how her faith in God changed her name from Rehab the harlot to a child of God. And not only that she changed her name, she changed her location from living in the place where she would bring in fellas. And now she goes with God's children, the children of Israel. That's how it is when God saves someone out there. And God allowed that person to walk through these doors and become a part of us. What we need to do is put those things behind us, behind us. It is not our job to walk around sneaking behind people. Let me see now if she's going to go back and do what she did. Let me see if he's going to go back to the wrong shop. I tell you he didn't change. That's not your job. Give people a chance to grow in the things of God. When God saves somebody, 
He saves them eternally. When God saves somebody, he changes their lifestyle. And here it is now, this woman who was living in a house of fame, she ends up in God's word in and and, and, and Hebrews chapter number 11, and she is now in a hall of fame. What am I trying to say to you this morning? What I'm trying to say to you for two weeks now, it doesn't matter how far you have gone. What really matters when you hear the word, if you believe the word. What really matters if you would act upon the word. What really matters if you would open your heart and let Jesus Christ come into your heart and he will do something with you what you never expected that he would ever do with you. Here's, here's what I got to tell you. Here's what I got to tell you. And I want you to understand this and understand it well. If Jesus Christ can save a rotten, no good sinner like Roger Webster and then put him in ministry to be your pastor, then he can do that and much more for you. What is it that you expect of him? Watch. One of the first things that you got to realize that I am nobody. One of the first things Rehab realized that she needs God. One of the first things that you got to do is to believe the word of God and act upon what you have heard. For if you do not do that, you could sit there and say, I need to do this. I need to do this. But watch, until you do it, you'll remain in the very same state that you are in. The life that you are presently living, if you're outside of Jesus Christ, is not the life that God intends for you to live. How old are you? How longer are you going to continue living that same old lifestyle led by the devil? Would you today, would you today give him a chance to make something wonderful out of your life? For Isaiah says, come, come now and let us reason together. Rehab, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But that can never take place. Unless 